Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Medicare People podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jacobson. Today, we're talking with Chad Norgard in Tampa, Florida, about how he built his agency and how he became a top Part D producer in the entire state of Florida. On this episode, we're going to talk about the early days of building the business, how Chad manages 900 Part D reviews every single year, and so much more. Here's a clip from today's conversation. Within 10 years, we're doing eight or 900 PDPs right now, just myself. Um, and one thing I'll tell new agents is this. Yeah, it's 25 or 50 bucks. It, it's nothing to, to write home to mom about, but go ahead and take eight or 900 and multiply it by 25 or 40. Um, it, yeah, it, so it's about $48,000 a year. Uh, it's, it's not our primary business. But that money allows me to go back into the community, to the youth groups that, that we support and to the high schools and, and all the stuff that we do in the community and give back. Uh, so, and it's not a hard business to do. Just do the right thing for the client is all you need to do. That's just a tiny taste from today's fantastic show. The Medicare People podcast is sponsored by Fair Street. Fair Street is a CRM for Medicare agents that helps them manage all of their clients in one place. You can collect prescriptions, quote and enroll, create custom intake forms, do call recording, and so much more. Go to thefairstreet.com to learn more. All right, let's get started with today's show. So Chad, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. I know I'm catching you right before AEP begins, so this is probably the busiest time of your year and just really grateful that you're willing to share your expertise with me. Um, to kick it off, would love for you to retrace your steps a little bit. Tell us how you got here and what your journey has been. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. I appreciate working with you all and uh, everything you're doing to help us for AEP. So um, my journey began uh, when I joined the military out of high school, um, spent six years there. And then uh, when I transitioned out of the military, I was fortunate enough to get a job with uh, Florida Blue in the membership and building department. And that's really where I, I uh, had some on-job experience learning the insurance industry. And um, the one thing I learned was just you know client relationships and things like that. Then after eight years, I transitioned out of uh, Florida Blue and moved into the independent agent experience, uh, which is completely different than the corporate side of health insurance. So um, after a year with a local independent agent here in the Tampa area, I uh, decided it was best to open our own agency. And uh, with the support of my wife, kids, and our family and friends, uh, we took that leap. And uh, ever since, we've uh, been chugging along and just uh, keep going and growing. So. That's awesome. And I'm excited to dig into how you built that business. Uh, but before I do, I have to ask, I saw that you went to high school in North Dakota and then you ended up in Florida. So how did that happen? <laughs> uh, glad you asked. So, uh, <laughs> yes, I, I'm born and raised in Fargo, North Dakota. My entire family is up in that area. And, um, at, right after high school, I had the ability to join the military and I uh, chose the Navy. Um, my family was primarily Air Force and uh, my dad was in the Army and my uncle was traveling the world in the Navy and a couple of other friends, so I, I wanted to travel. And uh, so I chose the Navy and I actually ended up in uh, about 30 some countries before I was age 20. Uh, we did a lot of traveling and uh, yeah, so very fortunate, great, great decision, a uh, bunch of friends and everything for life. So. That's incredible. And a little bit of warmer weather now. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I have not moved back. Uh, so. <laughs> I'm also from the Midwest, from Chicago, and I now live in California and have not come back. So we should have gotten <laughs> Awesome. Um, thinking about the early days of building your agency, I know that you started in the small group world and then added Medicare about two years into the business. 
tell me why, sort of how that realization came about and why you added in Medicare. Um, so we were doing really well in the group small business sector and um, we were ended up, we got to a point where we were just getting asked for Medicare from clients on our groups. And we hadn't really thought about transitioning to that. Uh, it's not an area I ever thought I was going to be in. Uh, but uh, a bunch of friends that are part of a mastermind uh, mentoring program that, that we have and have had for many, many years, um, they just suggested, hey, why don't you look at this field? Uh, they were capable in handling the business we were referring to them. Uh, but, you know, they had us look at different aspects and really made us evaluate the future of our business. And it just came to pass that that, that was just a natural fit for us to, to do uh, due to client relationships. And it just, you know, our whole motto is service and education to the clients. And it allowed me to educate them about Medicare and provide further service to the accounts and just a, another value add to our clientele. Seems like one of the big themes in a lot of our conversations has been mentorship. And you referenced this masterminds group a few times. Tell me more about that. Who, who's in this group and how have you built that? Uh, so it, it's actually a couple of buddies of mine. Uh, we're all in the financial realm. Uh, so there's a couple of financial advisors, a couple of uh, other insurance agents. And, you know, we always can talk to our employees and, and do everything. But this is our space where we can come and talk to each other about our business. Um, it, it took a little bit to build the trust, uh, but once the trust was there, uh, we're very careful in who we let in, first of all, um, because we do talk about sensitive things. And, and uh, you know, we talk about uh, the growth of our businesses and it's a free area for us to share our ideas. So, for instance, with me and the Medicare, um, we had we had to have this discussion in 2019, actually. Uh, we had to decide, can we keep going with group health care, Medicare and individual health care? Can we can we really service them all at the same level of service that 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 they expect or we expect ourselves to provide? And the mastermind group made me sit there and honestly think about it before I went to the to the employees and our business partners and, and really present it. Um, and we decided, hey, we're going to focus on Medicare over individual health care. We just have too many clients. Open enrollment was killing us. Um, and we were letting things fall through the cracks. And, and it just wasn't the, the path we want to keep going down. Uh, so, yeah, the, this group is great. Just um, we can ask anything. Uh, we're all, you know, very close in there. Um, so I recommend anybody find partners like that uh, that you can bounce stuff off of. So. Yeah, it's incredibly valuable to have someone that you can be completely honest with and trust that they'll give you that real feedback. I've heard from a lot of folks that it can it can be lonely to be a small business owner um, because it's sort of you are calling all the shots and trying to figure things out and maybe you haven't done this before. Um, so that that just seems like an invaluable resource. Thinking yeah. back, I guess what? Tell me more about the inspiration for getting into the health insurance space to begin with, and and why you went out on your own to start your own agency. Uh, the inspiration to get in the health insurance business was uh, actually I needed a paycheck. Um, when I, I took uh, two months of terminal leave from the military and uh, my wife and I traveled home. Uh, her family was up in the Illinois near the Chicago area um, and, and I have family up there too. So um, when we came back from there, the job that I had lined up in the banking field at, uh, at one of the world's largest banks. Uh, sent me a rescind letter because return mail went to them. So they thought I skipped town. And oh, no. So I just mentioned a prayer request in our Sunday school class in Jacksonville, which is where I was stationed all those years. And um, 
one of the individuals said, hey, we're hiring at Florida Blue. Uh, well, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Florida back then. But um, and I, I, with my high school background in accounting and then my military background with all the accounting and record keeping, I was able to get into that department uh, and kind of jump the claims experience. Um, so that was the inspiration behind getting in the business, uh, why I started my own agency. There were times, uh, actually almost quite a, quite a few times that, you know, we were in membership and billing and we'd always talk about, hey, you know, I got a call. I really wish, you know, an agent would have explained this or that to the owner. And a lot of times the owners of the business didn't know exactly what they were buying. So there was, a, that's why we focus on education. Um, and that's why I opened the, the, the business and the agency is to focus on that educational piece. Because if the owner doesn't know why they're buying, why they buy it, is it even good for the employees? And for Medicare, there's a lot of folks that, that focus on all of Medicare or forget the whole part of Medicare anyway. So we do a lot of Medicare education, no cost. It, it's our service back to the community. That's fantastic and, and so, so needed um, because I always found it difficult to choose between two different health insurance plans when, when I was an employee trying to figure it out. I, you know, someone aging into Medicare, I think the recent statistic is there's an average of 57 different plan combinations in a single zip code in the U.S. How do people navigate that level of complexity? So we're very, I'm very grateful that there are people like you serving people. That you <laughs> Thank you. Um, thinking back to some of those first years in, after you started the Medicare part of the business, how did you get that off the ground? Growing, you know, getting your first hundred clients is, is challenging. So tell us how did that work in those early days? Oh man. Um, honestly, if it wasn't for a specific carrier, um, reaching out to me and saying, Hey, can you do this? Uh, I probably wouldn't have been as successful in the beginning. Um, and, and I've heard, you know, it's been what, 2006, we're going on 17 years. I'm going on over 24 years in the industry. Um, and I hear it all the time of hey, how do you get referrals? How do you do this? And in those beginning years, I'm like, how are you not getting referral? I mean, it actually, um, it, I know some people won't get this. They're listening to it, but it, you know, it was kind of, you know, a God blessing type situation um, where one of the relationships I had for somebody that I trained at Blue Cross was now in a sales seat at a major carrier and she had all these referrals that were coming in online and she needed somebody to handle them. She sent them to me and she was like, how are you closing these so fast? And I'm like, pretty easy. You know, 2006 to 2008 uh, in our industry, I, I mean, you could toss a pebble and, and find a client because everybody was starting their own businesses. Um, and we did so well with those. Um, we just kept continuing to grow. And then 2008, um, we started doing the same thing in the Medicare field and really getting out in the community. Um, and I can't stress that enough. You know, you can build your business on, on a phone call and I respect the folks that do that because it's tough, but I went the route of going out and getting to know people, uh, joining a, a networking group, uh, those guys, the accountability partner group, you know, one of those individuals was referring 20 to 30 referrals a month to me, just all his people turned age 65. He was sending to me on a monthly basis. Um, and then financial advisors, I mean, look at the folks in the industry who are talking to your ideal client and see if they're doing Medicare. Um, I found a lot of financial advisors didn't want to deal with it, especially when all the new rules came out with prescription drug plans and everything around 2008. You know, it's the wild, wild west. 
I even got out of the Medicare business in 2008 because of that. Um, so go find those folks. That's what we did. And it's worked really well for you. How, in those early days, how do you identify who is going to be the right partner? I know you mentioned financial planners. I believe you also have partnerships with larger employers. And what is your pitch to them? How do you, how do you stand out? Uh, so for the large employers, um, I just provide a quarterly meeting for anybody that's turning 65 or about to turn 65. We actually try to grab them at age 63, but you know, when they're six months out from 65, we really encourage them to, to be in that meeting. There's rules, there's reasons for age 63 because of uh, their Part B premiums and things like that. We want to make sure that their CPAs are there. And it's also another sales tool for us because if I can get introduced to their CPA, who's their CPA using to, for all their other turn in 65 clients. So once we were able to get that pitch down and really, you know, we got a couple of financial advisors that uh, really worked with us. I was able to, and they were willing to um, be a recommendation. And, and, you know, one guy, uh, Randall, really went above and beyond for me. Uh, he recommended me so much. He put me in a room with 50 financial advisors and said, this is what he's doing for me. And, you know, uh, that's why I said I've been very blessed. I haven't had to go pound the street like some folks did, but I think it's because, you know, we come in from an educational aspect, not a sales aspect. And we've proven ourselves over time with employers that, that we're not there trying to get every last penny. Um, so that's how we've really differentiated ourselves. I just want you to be educated. If you go buy from somebody else, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Uh, if you think somebody else has a better product, that's fine too. I just want you to know what your options are so you can make an educated guess. So, well, <laughs> that's a wrong word, but you can make an educated decision. Right. Okay. So leading with education, I think, yeah, you're definitely being very humble, but you created a reputation as well and, and built a lot of credibility in this space. So it, it's evident that people are willing to go to bat when you refer you to other financial planners, employers. Um, it seems to have really stood well from there. Shifting gears a little bit, I wanted to highlight something that you do differently than a lot of other agents, which is you love PDPs and you have built a really big, I don't know if love is the right word necessarily, but you do a lot of PDPs and we hear a lot from other agents that they don't want anything to do with Part D plans. They'd rather you know, refer them out or not deal with it at all. And you take the opposite approach of actually receiving all of those Part D referrals and have built a really big book of business there. Tell me why you've done that. So I think that when I started out in, in 2006, um, all those referrals were for small businesses. And, you know, we were doing 40 to 60 new uh, businesses a month um, with two to two to four, you know, sometimes, sometimes more, but a lot of them were, were new startup businesses. So when I first started, I had to run the agency on things. We were only getting $3 a month on. And uh, I understood the volume of business and that you really had to do that. And we also were able to provide that level of service with that type of volume. So I knew we could do it. We had proven it in the small group space. And around 2008, um, I was going for Medicare supplements. I really wasn't looking at the PDPs at all. Uh, but then I was approached by a couple of agents that that one, uh, due to their age, you know, they, they were in their 60s and they were phasing out. They only had, you know, four to five years left and they were wanting somebody that would buy them out eventually. So I worked out a system with them that, hey, you do the Medicare supplements, I'll do the prescription drug plans. I knew I was on the, you know, I wasn't doing anything that was going to create a lot of wealth by that. However, 
fast forward two years after that, uh, you know, I didn't realize how many PDPs I was going to be doing. And the one agent uh, really referred me out to, you know, seven or eight different guys in the same situation. Um, so I was doing probably 150 new PDPs uh, every annual enrollment um, on top of the ones that were stacked year to year to year. So within 10 years, we're doing eight or 900 PDPs right now, just myself. Um, and one thing I'll tell new agents is this. Yeah, it's 25 or 50 bucks. It, it's nothing to, to write home to mom about, but go ahead and take eight or 900 and multiply it by 25 or 40. Um, it, yeah, it, so it's about $48,000 a year. Uh, it's, it's not our primary business but that money allows me to go back into the community, to the youth groups that, that we support and to the high schools and, and all the stuff that we do in the community and give back. Uh, so, and it's not a hard business to do. Just do the right thing for the client is all you need to do. That makes a ton of sense. And I think it's something that a lot of agents kind of stay away from. And in part it's because people assume it's a lot of work collecting people's prescriptions, looking up all the different plans and then doing it for your entire book of business every single book of enrollment. How have you been able to manage eight or nine hundred Part D reviews during AEP without totally, you know, losing your mind every every AEP? Oh, trust me, we lose our minds. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, every now and then, my wife has to uh, just tell me walk away. <laughs> but, um, no, seriously, uh, it's the tools that we use. Uh, so. I, I would say if you have to rank uh, being successful in this business, especially with PDP where, where things are, are changing every single year, you know, medications, one, communicate with your clients and make sure you understand the changes, make sure you understand what they liked or didn't like, make sure you know what pharmacies they're using. Uh, all those small things add up and they will refer you. So if you take care of your client, your client will always take care of you. That's rang true for over 20 years for us. Um, so the tools that we use, obviously Medicare.gov has tools and resources there. Go ahead and learn the system because that's what your client's walking through. They don't have your CRM. They don't have Sunfire. They don't have all the programs we have available to us. That's their go-to tool. Know it, understand it, know how to help them enroll into Medicare. Uh, that goes a long way too in building credibility that you're there. You're not making any money helping them do that, but you're willing to walk them through so they don't get stuck. Um, and then find a good CRM. So uh, we've, we've had decent CRMs uh, for years. So this is where I wanna thank you guys because uh, yours uh, has been light years ahead uh, of some other things. And uh, you guys are one of the few that I've ever worked with that, that takes the feedback from the agent and, and really considers it and implements the good stuff uh, and tells us, well, that it, this is why we don't do that. So we learn why the CRMs don't do that as well. So. Uh, you know, I was able to, to send out a mass email to my clients and, uh, you know, make it look individual and, and all of that. Uh, not every CRM does that. And then the cool thing I like about you guys is all the data is in there. So year after year, it's stored and I, I you have one click button, basically. Uh, it, it's a pretty easy button to go right in. I don't have to go type everything in. Uh, once they respond, I can get the, the pharmacy, I can get their providers, I can get everything and then the other questions that you guys ask it really helps us navigate you know how they liked their plan and, and what to improve for so thank you i mean we love to hear that and just always appreciate all of your ideas and feedback um 
I'm curious, one thing that some agents ask questions around is how tech savvy are their clients? Would they be willing and able to open an email and use this link? What has your experience been having sent out this intake link that asks clients to put in their prescriptions and their doctors and their drugs? Are people able to do it? Yes. Yeah, so we sent ours out uh, yesterday, actually. Uh, we we're a little bit behind uh, just due to this thing called Hurricane Ian. Yeah, we didn't have power for about six days, uh, so it put us a week behind on AAP. But um, the system was very easy to use. Uh, we've gotten quite a, a good response back just in 24 hours. Um, and we sent it out. I think I only sent it to about 249 of the 800 because I wanted to test it first before it went completely completely wide uh, to make sure I didn't do something wrong on my end. But um, we've got uh, probably a 10% response rate already and only two declines. Uh, a couple are already done. I mean, it's that easy. I've already been able to finish. They didn't want to change anything, um, but it allowed the phone to ring. Um, so some of the folks, uh, when they got the email, uh, they're like, hey, you know, I had a problem with this or this. I walked them through it and they were done uh, in just minutes. Uh, so I would say your system is so easy. They, I mean, if they can answer an email, they, they can handle your system. A lot of that generation right now knows how to use Facebook and things like that. So this isn't your system. Is, and I can't stress this enough. It's, it's like hitting the easy button that Staples used to use, right? Um, I've got probably the two people that, that are the least tech savvy have already replied and, and done it. Because that was one thing that I was checking is these two. Now you're going to get people that don't want to answer the questions. That's going to happen. It's just, but it gives you that the knowledge of, hey, you're still having the conversation with them. So the people that didn't want to do it, they replied to my email with all the information anyway. So I still got the information uh, and they just emailed it back. So. Uh, we haven't seen a problem with it at all. It's been very easy. Uh, a lot of compliments about how easy it was. Um, and the thing I like about it too is I could personalize the email. So it's not a mass email to everybody. I, I was able to put uh, some hurricane information in there and as well. Uh, so they really, you, you know, it, you guys allowed us to add that personal touch, which I, I really enjoyed. That's, that's really great to hear. Um, Walk us through what is the rest of your AEP process from here. So you've sent out, you know, an email to your clients asking for them to tell you if they want to review or not and get updated information. How do you manage the rest of the AEP time? And how do you space out all of these reviews so that they're not concentrated or bunched up and you have just crazy, crazy weeks? Are we just wing it? <laughs> no, <I'm> just <laughs> I don't think you're doing that. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, so one thing I learned over the years, um, you have to manage your calendar. You cannot let your clients manage your calendar for you. Uh, if you allow your clients to manage it, that's where you're going to lose your lose it, and uh, you're going to be so stressed out you're not going to want to do another AAP. Um, it took me several years to learn that. Uh, to be honest with you, um, I I put clients above family and friends and everything else for many many years. So one, take care of yourself. Uh, when you manage your time, make sure you're making time for yourself. Um, and then the other thing too is I know part of it is I know who's going to have a phone call review. I know who wants to do a web review and I know who wants to do in-person reviews. So just categorize those individuals and in-person reviews. I try to, you know, you know, I'm in the Tampa area. So if I have to drive down to Sun City Center where there's a large 55 plus population in our town, uh, 
I try to get all my Sun City Center folks in there. That's the other thing I like about your system. I can search by zip code and literally say, hey, I'm going to be in town Thursday. I have times here, here, and here. So try to, to get everybody in a zone uh, and break those zones up so you're not driving all across town. Uh, I learned early on I was spending two to three hours a waste of time driving back and forth from, you know, 30 miles here to there to there, uh, and then to end up back in the same town I started at late at night. So if you can kind of organize that, uh, you're going to save hours. Uh, and then make sure it's only certain days of the week. Leave a day for yourself to do processing. Don't say, you know, you can't save the paperwork anyway. It's got to be in within 48 hours or you're in trouble. Uh, so save a, save a work day, have an out on the road day, and then have a webinar day or a telephone day. And, and really categorize it that way, um, and then make a day for yourself. So. That system makes a lot of sense, and then allows you to sort of to put your head down and do web meetings all, straight through the day or, or process without having to contact switch constantly, which is yeah. what I see, what I hear a lot of people doing. Uh, okay. Switching gears a little bit and thinking about the future. How, how do you see, you know, you've been an expert in Medicare over the last 14 years. How do you see the future of Medicare changing? So um, I see it could go one of two ways. Uh, I've had my thoughts the last five years, but uh, obviously it, it kind of went the other way than I originally thought. But uh, you have two sides of Medicare, um, original Medicare and Medicare Advantage. The Medicare Advantage side, what a lot of people don't realize, it's federally subsidized uh, through various you know, federal programs. So um, what has happened is they've, they've reduced some of the subsidies some years uh, and now we're actually seeing where they're increasing the subsidization. So while that's good, there's a tendency for it to be bad um, for a couple reasons. One, they're paying agents almost twice what they have normally been paid. So I could see that, you know, if you have somebody who, who's just out there looking out for themselves and not their client, and I wish everybody in my, my industry was always looking out for the client, but we all know that not everybody is that way in every industry, right? So um, you got if your agent isn't showing you all of your options, then please find a new agent. Um, because I can see a lot of people being misled and put onto a program that may not be in their best interest in the future. And what I mean by that is uh, we do, obviously I, I've spoken about education. so. Uh, we always do a turning 65 um, overview uh, presentation with folks that want it. Um, and it, we always do it with every new client of ours uh, and with our large groups and, and things. We do them on a quarterly basis. But in there, I always tell somebody, I know you're turning 65, but I want you to imagine you're turning 75. And because there are you could have a situation such as family history. You know, we can never predict what's going to happen to us, but we can look at our family and kind of tell genetically what's going to happen. And you want to prepare for that because while you have annual enrollment on Medicare Advantage side, you don't have an annual enrollment on original Medicare. Uh, you, you have two times in your life where you don't have to answer medical questions and it's a guaranteed issue. So you, you want to make sure that you understand those differences because everybody's like, oh, I can run on this program until I get sick and then I can jump over here. No, <laughs> unless those two situations happened and those two were turning 65 or coming off an employer health plan after 65. Uh, so if you don't have one of those two, you could get stuck on Medicare Advantage side. Um, so for the future, 
that is the key right there, is how is that going to be managed by the government? Uh, how are those rules going to change over time? I don't think that rule is going to change for Original Medicare. Medi original Medicare hasn't changed in, in decades uh, from that perspective anyway. So we had this conversation more often than I care to have with individuals that they said, I never knew that that was available to me. Um, they only presented X, Y, and Z. Uh, they, they never had the whole piece. That's why I say, please, I can't plead enough. Go find an agent that's given both. I don't care which option you take, but know both options. Um, and one of the things I'd love to see in the future is agents, you know, we have to take ethics um, classes and, and everything to recertify for these programs. I would like a suitability form that you did both of those and actually a way to hold you accountable if you didn't share everything uh, to make sure that you did the right thing for your clients. Uh, we have a lot of regulations on us, uh, you know, this year with the call recording and everything else. Uh, and while that's great, it doesn't solve a, one of the biggest problems in the industry that nobody wants to talk about. So. Right. And how do you incentivize as an industry the right behavior from, from agents? I think it's a really complex and interesting question. And I really I think that's great advice that you gave, which is when you're helping someone turn 65, it's not what plan is right for them at that point in time. It's what plan will they need in 10 years. And trying to predict mm -hmm. the future is obviously impossible, but there are things that you can point to related to their family history or their current medical conditions that could help someone think into the future and plan for that worst case scenario, not maybe how they're feeling at that point in time. Correct. One last question for you, and then we'll wrap it up, is right. you built this amazingly successful business, but what do you think about for the future of your own business? Where would you hope it to be going? So I've actually had to think about that a little bit. Uh, like I said, in 2019, we actually had to speak with clients and say, uh, due to the changes in op what open enrollment has become, we had to cut out a third of our business. And we actually grew from that. I, I don't know, uh, you know, just from, you know, everything uh, we grew. But um, it was very hard to convey to our clients, hey, you know, over here. Now, we still manage those clients. We, we didn't cut anybody loose. Don't get me wrong there. Um, but we and did. These are the under goal. 65 clients. So that. Yeah. Yeah. For under 65. Um, so even though I still work with them, I. I I like recommend the plan, then I have somebody that takes care of everything else from there on. So, so we outsource part of that. Um, uh, we have had offers to sell this year, which were very enticing. Uh, and there were seven figure offers. Um, so my kids are like, why didn't you take that? Um, so here, here's the, here's the reason why I didn't, I turned down a million dollar plus offer is what would I do? Uh, this is the passion in my life. This is something when I was in my twenties working at Florida blue, I saw a need for people to be educated on healthcare. Uh, they, they had stuff that they didn't know how to do. Now, we are totally different. We, you have a claim, call me. I used to work in that department. I, I know the lingo. Uh, for employers, one of our selling points is every single employee gets my personal cell phone number. And a lot of people look at me and say, how the heck do you do that? Well, if you're sitting there at a pharmacy at 11 o'clock at night, the insurance carriers have service hours. I don't. Uh, and trust me, my wife and kids, I, I, the stories of our family vacations are how many phone calls dad took, not, you know, the fun we had at Disney or, you know, wherever we've been. So, um, so it takes a toll in that area, but, um, that's, I don't know what else I would do. 
uh, that's the only reason. So I've had people ask me, why don't you sell the business and just become an insurance agent coach? You, you obviously know how to, how to grow a business on this side. And my thing is I can do that while I still help the clients, you know, uh, but my passion is really helping that individual. Um, and why I got back into Medicare, uh, you know, I told you I got out of it for a while. Somebody actually took my grandmother on a ride. Uh, she was on a Medicare supplement. She was very ill. She was in the hospital many times a year. She's that uh, client who hits her uh, annual donut hole every year in, in January, right? She's refilling so many meds, she blew through everything. Um, and they put her on a Medicare Advantage policy with, with a $5,000 out of pocket. And she had to pay that $5,000 um, or she got the bill. Um, luckily, she had a grandson that, that was in the business and had some serious connections. And I was able to call uh, Medicare uh, and I turned this guy in because he didn't have a suitability form and he did not do what was right. I also had to hire a private investigator to track him down because he was one of the guys that would fly into Miami and work his AEP all the way back home across the country. So he was in your town for a week and then gone. I'm local. We're local. We gave up the national business. We, we do help people nationwide. Uh, I've got nation clients all over the country, uh, but majority of ours is right here in driving distance uh, in Florida. So I think... I don't think I'll ever sell the business. Uh, I think I'll have to die first, to be honest, um, because there's nothing else I, that I know of that would give me that passion other than working with youth. But this business provides me the money to go work with the youth and I still make time for that. So honestly, I would love one of my kids to, to jump in the business. It'd be great for them, but they both have passions themselves that are not here. So I'm probably going to be one of those 60 plus guys that, that came to me early on and uh, looking to pass it on to the next generation at some point. So. That's fantastic. And I think it's, you know, over this conversation, it's just so clear how much you care and how passionate you are about both your business and your clients. And so it's clear to me that the people who get to work with you are extremely lucky. So oh, thank you. I really appreciate you sharing all of your wisdom and your stories. And we certainly learn a lot from you working with you every day. So just thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you guys.